Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, a podcast that is becoming increasingly, increasingly erratic as to when we get in. We can only blame those people who fill up nappies with poo and take up your time and change your schedule and change your life. My name is Tosin and I'm the host of Netflix vs. Cinema. And if you might have not picked it up, I am recently a new father. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's wreaking havoc with our podcast recording schedule. But joining us um, on the Isle of Wight, as always, is Sharon Bolland. Hello. Yes, and this week Sharon yeah. is the only one joining us. Yes. Yeah, because uh, because I I feel like okay ever since it all it's all around this kid, isn't it? It's all around this kid because we had a v- good thing where we we're showing up every Thursday six p.m. six p.m. and then this kid gets to the point where she's about to arrive and then obviously things get a bit crazy because I'm needed more around the house and then all of a sudden we miss a week and then we miss two weeks and then I get back I'm like guys I can do a week but then Sean's in Thailand and then Holly's off being like you know a culture vulture and then Sharon hasn't seen anything in cinema and next thing you know we're like recording like once a month so (laughs) I look for things to watch at the cinema um most every week I go what's on this week and I think nah 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 yeah, I have to admit that there were there were a couple of weeks where I didn't feel like I'd missed much, but uh, but I did. I have managed to make it to the cinema for the first time since my second daughter was born. But be, uh, but and I I think I mentioned something about a very very cunning plan. I think on the last pod, podcast, a very cunning plan I had, which meant that I would actually get to go to the cinema again. So on Mondays I have my first daughter. I have I'm, I'm supposed to be looking after her. That's I'm supposed to be looking after her. And my wife has started getting up like, oh, you need to get up out of the house and just stop sitting down and watching TV. You need to get out of the house and do something. And I was like, wait a second. I have for the whole day. We could go to the cinema. So instead of yeah. staying at home and watching something, we're going out of the house to a bigger place to watch a bigger screen. That, <laughs> that's what we do on Mondays. It, I, it does mean that I will only be bringing you a steady stream of movies that the highest they can be rated is 12A. Which is fam- family friendly. <laughs> well, well, 12A, although it does mean that next week, I've, I've already blocked it out, I can go and see the Marvels. So I, oh, yeah, that's out this weekend, isn't it? That is out this weekend. I can go see the Marvels. So not everything 12A is rubbish. Not everything not everything 12A is, <laughs> is just is, is trolls band together because that is what I saw and that is what we shall be reviewing <laughs> on the show today. We shall be reviewing trolls band together because it's the only thing I've seen in cinema in two and a half, two and a half months. <gasps> Wowzers. Yeah, it's the only thing I've seen in the cinema in two and a half months. So, Trolls Band Together, that's what you're getting. And so, for those of you who do not know what we do on this show, and I've seen the title, I've seen Netflix vs. Cinema, what is this all about? Now, we go to the cinema, we try to go to the cinema every week, and see a couple of things. We see a couple of things on, on, on streaming, and then we try and figure out where money has been better spent this week by rating everything out of five. So, I am representing cinema today, uh, which is a novel thing for the last couple of weeks, and um, Sharon, you are representing Netflix and Friends. What are you bringing to the table with Netflix and Friends? I saw a true life crime drama, which is not my favourite mm. genre, um, called The Long Shadow. The Long Shadow. And that Shadow. was on, I watched it on ITV Catch Up. So that is, like it was on terrestrial television, I missed it. So I yeah. watched that on Catch Up. Yeah. Or ITVX, as they're now calling it oh, as well. Yes, yes. ITVX, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all available on ITVX. I heard about that. All right, cool. So without further ado, we shall, we shall keep this brief. We only have two things. 
and I'm going to kick off on talking about we're talking about trolls band together. Now this is and Sharon, I know this is this is like kryptonite for you because this is animation, <laughs> and you don't you're not going anywhere near that. And also, no. you I I don't I don't even think you have, I don't even think the I young have seen Frozen. Yeah, you've seen Frozen. Yeah, but. But is Frozen it on the is, trolls from Frozen? Oh, they're not. The, they're not the trolls in Frozen. They though. are not the trolls from Frozen. This is a whole oh, different okay. thing. This is a whole. If you want to get into who owns what IP, tr- um, Frozen is Disney. Trolls is DreamWorks. So this is from the oh. same people who get from the same studio that gave you Shrek and stuff like that. And are they the sticky up haired trolls. They are the are sticky up haired trolls, like the ones that oh. you can get on the end of pens and stuff like that. I'm not. I'm not yes. sure what they. Oh, but that's what they look like, and they they, yeah. they have a sort of like a very sort of fluffy, cuddly aesthetic to them. Yeah. Now I don't think any of the kids in your life are young enough to have even dragged you along to this film. To, to, oh. to, but this is this is the third Trolls movie, which I was kind of I know. Three of them. <laughs> There's three of them. There's three of them. <laughs> this is this is the is the third th- Trolls movie, and. <clears throat> And I think okay, I think that these things follow a sort of certain pattern. The first Trolls movie comes out and is like a bit, oh yeah, it does something. Oh, we made enough money, we made loads of money. Let's make a second one. And by the time you get to the third one, I don't really think the plot matters. <laughs> and you have all these characters. You have Poppy and you have Branch, and and these are things that people, that kids of a certain age. I think like my nephew, no, not my nephew, my nieces. Definitely, my nieces are the right age. They were at the age where this caught them, and they loved trolls. They loved the trolls thing. They took oh, Poppy and Branch and all that. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I, I have a very, very, very fuzzy idea of what these characters are and everything. But Poppy is a troll princess. Branch was a troll who was voiced by Justin Timberlake, is all I can say. And in this third film, what you find out is that Branch, he's gone from the sort of outcast to, being a, to going out with the princess. And you find out that he used to, being in fact that he was, do I, if I say the name Justin Timberlake to you, Sharon, does it mean anything? Yes. Okay. I've heard of him. I I don't. I've seen him act, but I mm-hmm. haven't heard. I know. I'm. I know principally he was like a singer, but I yes. don't. I don't know any of his music. Okay. Cool. Good. Good. Well done. Well done. Uh, I'll give you a lot of stars for that. <laughs> but, so Justin Timberlake, he first came to public consciousness in a boy band. In a boy band called NSYNC. And the thing with the Trolls franchise, from what I can get to, it's always about the pop music. So the Trolls have this poppy aesthetic and there's always pop songs playing all the way through all the films and all that kind of stuff. And so in this film, you find out that the character voiced by Justin Timberlake used to be part of a boy band, which had five members. And there's a whole plot in there about the fact that they were all brothers. He was the youngest one of all of them. And the oldest one was obsessed with them getting the perfect family harmony. And the perfect family harmony was so wonderful that it's the only thing that can shatter diamond. They just, they, they, they give you that thing. It turns out that years later, he's grown up. His brothers have disbanded because they had a show that went disastrously wrong when they failed to get the perfect family harmony. And it turns out that one of their brothers is now trapped by some people who are stealing, who, who, some, some talentless hacks who are stealing his, um, his uh, talent so that they can become famous. And they have trapped him in a glass made of... Diamonds. Yes. So all the, <coughs> so the older brother, these people are geniuses. I know. <laughs> so, so, so the older brother, so the older brother has gone around to put put his brother his brothers back together. Very Jackson Five. Every, 
I think Jackson 5 yeah. has sort of like the archetypal boy band and like everybody since then has kind of fought copying yeah. Jackson 5 but very but that's that's what we're dealing with that's what we're dealing with to put them together and then the show it becomes a kind of like we're putting the band together thing where we've got to go here and get that guy and you have to go there and get that guy you've got to go there and get that guy but it doesn't and this is a film that the thing is okay ADHD is a condition that I do not know that much about and so I I, I am loath to sort of speak about it flippantly but this is a film that flits around and throws so much color at you and it's so mad and it's so mental and I imagine that there are some people who might watch it and might just need to have a lie down after about five minutes <laughs> It's take a time out afterwards. <laughs> oh, no, seriously, take a time out afterwards because, like, what is going on? There's so much craziness going on. And there is actually a little bit of inventiveness in this because the way the musical numbers are staged, I actually quite like the way they use music. I like the way they use music. There's some inventiveness in there. That they've put some thoughts into it. And especially because it's all animated, they can go as crazy as possibly as they want. So I think, it's, I think that bit of it is, that bit of it I quite like. But, it, but I feel like it's, it's very having not watched the first two i'm watching this one feeling like okay i think there's a law of diminishing returns here because (laughs) they have all these characters and it's something i think that happens particularly in dreamworks films it happened in the shrek movies as well which um the third one of which also stars justin timberlake but where you have all these characters that you've met in the first in the first couple of films and they add in all these other characters in but then you feel as if there's no time for anybody. So you have Poppy, who is voiced by Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick is a world-famous actress. She's a very good actress. And I want to think about it, I'm like, really? Honestly, at one point, I had to check that there was actually Anna Kendrick doing the voice. Because I'm thinking, for what she has to do in this film, you could just have gotten, you could have gotten a sound alike. And just put her in there. Got AI to do it. Yeah, yeah you could have got, got a sound alike to sort that out. They brought in. They bring in Camila Cabello to play a whole thing because while Branch, while Branch is reconnecting with his brothers, you find out that Poppy has a sister that she never knew that she had that has miraculously shown up in the third film. And, I, and you're like, okay, cool, okay, fine, oh. okay, <laughs> okay, I get this. Uh, there are there are some things to be said about fame because the bad guys of the film are essentially like you know the worst contestants you could find on X Factor or something like that, and who are trying to steal somebody else's talent so that they could do something with it. And I just, it's, it, it, it's, it's not what you would call good, but it is what, it, essentially, this is the kind of film that if you have a particularly sort of like young person in your life, you take them to the screen and they will sit down and they will be wrapped and they will be, and that is what this film is designed to do. This film is designed to hold the attention of three-year-olds. That, that is it. So, oh, here's this thing. Oh no, no, oh no, no. oh, there's another thing. Oh, shiny. Let's move. <laughs> and it's and and even the way when they're putting the band together, they don't even. It's like we've gone here. Okay, cool. We've met this person. Oh, we've been here five minutes. Five minutes. Okay, that's enough. We will wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Let's go. Next person. Next place. Next rainbow colored thing that we need to throw at the screen. And it, the the storyline. I mean, from what I told you. You can guess the entire storyline of what happens in this film. What, what happens? When does it happen? <laughs> what goes on? Blah, blah, blah. They bring back some characters who I don't think were major characters in the first film, but they bring them back and give them like a random storyline that could go... Anyway, I don't know why I'm trying to critically assess this thing. That's not what this thing is for. <laughs> they've probably done their market <laughs> research and said that that character was very, very well liked by... by young children from yeah. the ages of like you know between the ages of two and seven 
And so that character is coming back, even if they have nothing to do. So, so, and all in all, I think I would have to give this a three out of five. I would, I, because if I was trying to be critical about it, I'd be like, oh, it's probably just only a two. But the truth is, come on, it's not supposed, this is not a film that's supposed to be critically appraised. This, film, <laughs> this is a film that's supposed to keep the attention of three-year-olds while their parents fall asleep in the seat next to them. And does it do that? Yes, it does. It, well, definitely keeps their attention. I mean, it might be too loud for the parents to fall asleep. But still, it, it, that, that's what it does. And for that, I'll say, well done. It's a three out of five. Although I'm, I'm pretty sure if I went back to, to watch the first film, I would find more in it. Because I feel like they have... I feel, this... Without having seen the first, this feels like Laws of Diminishing Returns, and the, yeah. the, the way the story is—it feels like a sequel. You could just it, tell. It feels like a sequel. It feels like a sequel where they have gotten lazy, <laughs> quite frankly. Without watching the first, it feel it has all the hallmarks of sequel that ha- where people making the film have gotten lazy, and that is it. Three stars for Trolls Band Together. Take the young person in your life; they will love it. You will get you will get a very expensive nap. So, <laughs> so, so um, now we go on to Netflix, and you were talking about The Long Shadow on ITVX. And yeah. Now, there couldn't now this, be a greater contrast between what you just I, talked I, about. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there couldn't be a... And maybe, the maybe gulf that, between these two films is just, just enormous. Maybe that's the public service that Trolls Band Together does. Like, you watch The Long Shadow on ITVX, and then you go watch Trolls to perk you back up <laughs> yeah, to, to pull you back because because this is a okay. true crime it's a true crime thing and it's it's based on it's based on events that i can imagine you were aware of when they were happening i was a lot yes i remember them happening yeah it yeah. goes into the events of um what's become known as the yorkshire ripper yeah and the crimes that 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 man committed yeah in the the sort of mid to late 70s and then started, it carried on into the early 80s. Mm. So I was at school throughout all of that and so I was aware of it through, through all of it. Yeah. And well, the, probably the being very happy you don't, li- you don't live in Yorkshire. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. this is the, the, the it's a, I think it's a seven-parter mm-hmm. um, an ITV drama so it's British based and all, entirely British cast and I think most of the cast are genuinely northern. Okay. <laughs> they are gen- authentically. I think when I looked at the cast afterwards, like David Morrissey, there's Toby Jones, there's um, Sam Waddington, there's Toby uh, Jones is northern. I maybe he's not northern. No, no, I, 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 I'm I'm only going off the roles he plays. Mark Addy again. So some of them are. I don't think he's northern, but I think his dad was in Emmerdale, so maybe that's why I'm thinking he's northern. He's an honorary northerner. <laughs> his dad was like a, a stalwart of Emmerdale. <laughs> yeah. But there's a it's a great cast, and it's an all British cast. Um, yeah, and sort of Lee Ingleby, he's not northern, but okay. um, yeah. So there's a, there's a good cast in it. But basically, it look it's a takes two strands. It looks at the women and their lives and sort of tries to flesh out some of the women who were the victims of this, this killer. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't deal with their deaths. It literally deals up with the days, with their sort of the lives. And then you may get a glimpse of the night they died, but you don't ever see what happened to them. Yeah. And it's, it's described in sort of clinical terms during the police investigation, but you... It doesn't dwell on the actual killing. So it doesn't sort some of, of these true, it, yeah, 
yes, because some of these true crime dramas, it seems to be all about this sort of the death. Yeah. And that, I think, becomes has like an almost pornographic feel about it because they're, they're almost like reveling in this, this gruesomeness. So this, there's like, there's none of that. So yeah. the most you see is that um, one of the victims may get in a car, you see the car drive off and that's it. And the yeah. next day you may see the suggestion of a body or, or some feet that's in a field that's sort of white, that obviously are from a, a, a body. But yeah. that's all you see. You don't see anything else. So I give it points for certainly points for that, that it doesn't dwell on the actual best. But it's mainly from the point of view of um, yeah, the women. You see their lives, that they had families, they had children, they had husbands. They were part of families. Yeah. And also the police investigation. And I think the emphasis on this film is basically what, what went wrong, what took them so long. Mm. And I think... I, w- I was interested in this subject basically because I'm the events that I remember yeah. and also because obviously I spent 26 years in the police service yep. um, and my role was to record and analyse crime as a civilian yep. so every crime that was committed on the Isle of Wight I basically knew about and we did have murders, we only ever had in 26 years that I was there, we had one stranger murder i.e. we didn't know who did it at the time yep. of the, the crime yeah. And all the others were either domestic or the the people were known to each other. So I, the closest I ever came to an investigation of a crime like this was when we did have a murder where a body was found and we had no idea who was responsible. And so there was a major inquiry and I was drafted in to answer the phones that day and I was we were drafted, I was the runner for the day yeah. because they hadn't, in those days we didn't have an instant room. We literally had, we were three of us in my office were told, right, you're manning the phones today. We're going to put a peel out on the nine o'clock news. We're going to put a peel out at lunchtime. We're going to put a peel out. You just have to answer the phone. Yeah. They didn't give us any briefing. We don't know what on earth they were, what, what they were looking for. They just said, we're going to put a peel out. Anyone who was in this location at this time, you answer the phone. And then you just make notes according to what the person tells you. Yeah. But So I'd spent the whole day doing that. And then the next day, they set the instant room up and we were just relieved. So I have a glimpse into this world. Yes. And so basically, in the Yorkshire at this time, they had never had a murder, a mass murderer, as in more than one stranger murder. Yes. So as the events unfolded and the amount of information they had, they were left with basically this overwhelming amount of information in a pre-digital age. So yeah. this, there was quite a lot with the police investigation and basically how they were left with, with, with very limited forensics and things. You didn't have like DNA, you didn't have CCTV coverage that we have now that we, we rely on so much. It's literally get the nuts and bolts of the police investigation down to the like measuring tire tracks and then working out what how many possible car types could have that type of tire and what type of you know and then thinking okay that narrows it down to a hundred makes of car potentially in this area there could be in this one town there could be nine hundred cars of that similar type yeah um, blah, blah, blah. So there's, there's a look at the investigation, but it also um, looked at how the police dealt with these women. How early on they branded them as this is a man who goes after prostitutes. Yeah. And in almost mitigating to say, well, it's just prostitutes. So you know what? It's not a problem. And then when someone who is not a prostitute was killed, they were described as an innocent victim. And it was just like, well, what were the other six women then before that? Were they mm. not innocent victims too? But there was like, you know, they're, they almost like asked for it and they didn't. And yeah. then some when women were attacked who weren't prostitutes, 
And when they said, we think you, you might be a ripper victim, they were saying, no, absolutely not. I'm not a prostitute. But if you say that I'm a ripper victim, all my neighbours are going to say, you're a prostitute. And that slur on my character is enough, basically, to ruin my reputation yeah. and the life of my family in this area. So I was hit over the head with a hammer. Yes, I was stabbed, but I was not a victim of the ripper. And if you say I was, <laughs> heaven help you, I'm not going to. And so you've had this judgment placed on the the victims of this crime and uh and you you see that in quite quite detail so that is fascinating i mean i saw glimpses of that in my policing life um they're they're very people are very judgmental but i think the key thing about this was that they were so desperate to find this man that i think they tried to make the evidence fit certain suspects and to fit a pattern even though the evidence was telling them something different they took the bits that the word that fitted into their preconceived idea of what was going on, and they if it didn't fit in that pattern, then they either dismissed it or ignored it, thereby losing vital evidence and sort of helping to solve this crime. You it, see, you see, everything you're saying is just reinforcing the reason why I didn't watch this. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. It, it makes you like ah, especially there's one poor woman who was assaulted. And because she refuses to, because she says, oh, I'm not a prostitute, I'm just not a prostitute. <laughs> and they say, well, you're obviously lying. You're obviously lying. So therefore, nothing you say can be taken as fact. Because you're denying the fact that you're a prostitute, you're therefore unreliable, and we cannot take your testimony, and we cannot use this as part of our investigation. And it's like, well, who are you, ta- are you, are you telling her? <laughs> or are you seeking her information? When you look at that, you sort of go, yeah, yeah. Even just even just hear you speak about it, I, I, I'm getting a little bit despairing. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm almost kind of like it's almost bringing a tear to my eye because I'm just thinking, oh, good God, it's it's kind of a similar reason why sometimes I really really struggle to watch shows that are built around the way, like you know, if it has to t- deal with the experience of black people in the '80s in the U uh, in the UK. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sure this is very worthy and I'm sure this is brilliant, but I just cannot. I just don't want to go there. I can't. There. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I watched this almost against my will because I started to watch it not realising what, quite what I was getting into. And then once I was watching it, I was just thinking, it, is pretty, it was pretty damning of that police investigation, I think. I don't know if yeah. they had an agenda when they were making it, but it certainly was pretty damning. And I yeah. think retrospect is an amazing thing because you can look back and see all the places where you make a mistake. But when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to, you have to have that clear sightedness. But the fact that he, that Peter Sutcliffe, who was the, the Yorkshire Ripper, was arrested nine times, that his vehicle was on file numerous times, that he'd been arrested with a hammer um, years before in the same area where some of these attacks had been made. You know, the pieces were all there. It was just getting that, but they had such, but they had like thousands upon thousands of vehicles that had been logged. Uh, they, had a, they had spoken to thousands of men. So the information was all there, and they had something like 40 photo, um, these identical photo, uh, pictures and sketches that all look exactly like him. But he just managed to just evade it because basically he was an ordinary guy. They were looking for a monster. They were looking, they were for, looking for somebody with fangs and a twirling mustache who walked around in a yeah. cape and a top hat. They were looking for their villain, their monster, this evil incarnate. And this was a guy who you would have not looked at if you'd passed him in the street. 
you would say the monsters are among us because you know monsters wear jeans and trainers and hoodies and yeah they yeah. look like us because you know they are us really and they i think are. that that they're not that part so i think it was fascinating it was fascinating and horrifying and i do think the police were given a really hard time in this film justifiably in some cases but in other ways i'm thinking were they really that bad <laughs> because you know these people are not the, the police officers involved in the investigation as my experience shows me was that they genuinely want to get the right guy they don't want to get the wrong person and so you've still got the, the nutter out there they want to they want to solve these crimes they want to protect women and because they went down this wrong path with this weir side jack in part of the inquiry um women were were killed and women were were sort of brutalized because of this wrong line of investigation so, but i think so, i don't think they did it willfully i think they genuinely wanted to get the right guy they were yeah. just so desperate that they weren't looking at the whole picture but but i guess i guess uh, i guess that there is a reason for this to happen because for instance you had the story that happened in in um i think it was this sarah everard in london yeah. like a couple of years ago where it seems like the the some of the same mistakes were made again. Yeah, made, yeah. Assumptions yeah. are made early on yeah. and you don't follow the facts or you don't follow the evidence. Yeah, you, you don't follow the evidence or there's something institutional that means that you turn a blind eye and let somebody carry on even though... Like, so it's... it's So I guess that there's a reason for this to be made. There's a reason for yeah. them to come out and to tell the story again and to say, hey, look, the more things change. And it's... I, I, yeah. I, guess, that, I guess that there is a reason for that. And... I and you have to hold it. these people to account. You, yeah. I think that's why they had an investigation. You have to hold these investigations to account to teach yeah. people, you know, to learn from these things. Yeah. And if, yeah. You, and if lessons aren't learned, then you think, you, you know, where where are we going with, yes. with you know, justice in this country in some ways? And, and it's one world. of these things where, where I'm, I'm, hap I'm happy something like this gets made. I think it's good that it gets made but I will probably never watch it. <laughs> no, and I can't uh, say it's entertainment. I mean, I, I hate the, the, the use of true crime as entertainment. I mean, I do yeah, I read know. crime novels, and I sometimes read cosy crime novels. And I, find, I always tend to read them set in a, a, a sort of period setting because yeah. I don't read modern crime or this old sort of forensic crime sort of stuff because I don't find that the least bit entertaining because it's too... It's I too just real. don't. Yeah. It's too real. I just don't. And so this, I think, I was drawn to it, one, because it's something I remember. It's part of the world I remember. I, I know that world of sort of police investigations, um, even though I only sort of touched on murders, yet yeah, uh, rarely in my career. But I know how crimes are investigated. Uh, so I find that aspect of it really intriguing to me. Um, okay, okay, cool. Before I ask for your star rating, it just occurred to me, because obviously I was just talking about crime novels sometimes being too real and therefore not, not being... Yeah being a bit exploitative or glorifying of the crime. I wonder, there must be, like, uh, and you should know because you read a lot of books and stuff like that, there must be a line of literature where it's kind of like, you know, a detective novel but set in a fantasy realm. So a detective novel, so a detective novel but, you know, with orcs and elves yeah, and wizards and all that kind of stuff. fantasy. You do get fantasy detectives and wizards and all sorts of things going. Yeah, you do get that. Okay, it's okay, sort of cool. genres within genres. It's sort of like, yeah. Okay, Trust, cool. Yeah. I, I, I might just have found my new thing. But, yeah. <laughs> but okay, so so with that, I mean, obviously, it's, uh, I think, good that it was done. And you said that it sounds like it was done 
respectfully. How, but how many stars would you give this in the end? Like, I sort of struggle with this because, um, you know, I think it's if you're interested in that, in sort of true, true crime done sensitively to the, the, the victims of this crime and their families, and uh, with your eyes wide open, you're not trying to glamorize one side or the other. You don't glamorize yes. the policing aspect, you don't glamorize the crime. I think they handled that really, really well. Uh, so I would, for that, uh, I'll probably give it a four. Okay. But in terms of entertainment, the content, I don't, I can't see it as entertainment personally. I find it's just, I don't find true crime entertaining. But I found this drama, for all that, you know, really fascinating. Yeah. And um, moving. So I would, I would give it a four. I mean, if it was, if they had slipped and made it focus too much on him, focus too much on the actual nature of the crimes, it would, it would go well, way down. But I think they, for me, they got that balance between trying to be fair uh, and sensitive and looking at the women who make, some of them make choices because they had no choices. Yeah. And those choices maybe led them into situations where their lives were imperiled and others just chose to walk home on one evening. Yeah. Um, after dark, which should not be a dangerous thing to do in any society or in any age, should it? <sighs> Uh, so yeah, I would give it a four, um, but I would say don't watch it if you want to have a jolly lark. Watch it if you you know you want to look at this and you know come away with it feeling a little bit shell shocked afterwards maybe. If you want to grapple with humanity and what the rubbish yeah. that we do to each other, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So four stars for the long shadow. Um, uh, so on that, I don't even know whether. That's the. I don't know whether it's a it's a depressing note or whether it's a hopeful note that that at least. Yeah, it's a. I will say the reason it's called the long shadow is even though these events were like thirty odd years ago, we still talk about those events because it's cast a long shadow. Yeah, and and one of the things that they said about when it comes to glamorizing it, they apparently with with this they did a lot of consulting with the families of the victims. Yeah. They did a lot of consulting with the families of the victims beforehand, and that's why. And the, part of that consulting is why there is no the words Yorkshire and Ripper are not in the title of this show. Yeah. Be because they the the families were like, no, if you say that, you give it more oxygen, and yeah. you it's kind of like glamorizing and building a myth around this this man, and so they they were like, please don't do that. So they ended up going, okay, cool, no, that's it. We're not we're not going to. We're not going to do that. We're not going to say it. We're not going to be like, you know, blazing it over. Going, and I don't think they, they refer to the, the, the investigations don't refer to him as that. They um, you see the, the newspaper headlines and that's the only references to that thing. They yeah. use the term maybe once or twice, mm. but it's not as if it's the way he's referred to. Um, yeah. It's yeah. not. Yeah, because I, I shy away from using it because I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, um. It, it sounds frivolous, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, who do you think won this week? <laughs> like, who do you think won this week? The people who gave us a, a sort of like, you know, head bashingly fruity, candy colored rainbow time, or the people who let us made us look in the mirror and go, yeah, life sucks. <laughs> well, well, actually, anyway, until next week, when I will at least be attempting to watch the Marvels in cinema, my irregular Monday thing. I've got it 3.15 Monday next week. Getting in there with my daughter. We're watching the Marvels. <laughs> I should try to watch yeah. something. 
Yes. Uh, uh, but, but anyway, until next week, where we do that, we might have, you know, more than two of us. There might be a Sean. There might be a Holly. God knows. We'll find out next week. It's a goodbye for me. And it's a goodbye for me. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Bye. Bye.